The nation's largest cannabis business brokerage, Green Life Business Group, gears up to be featured at the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference as one of the set speakers on our M&A panel. Green Life currently has over 150 exclusive cannabis businesses available on the market today, covering over 10 states. To see more of their exclusive listings, visit greenlifebusiness.com. Benzinga's Cannabis Capital Conference returns to Miami Beach on April 11th and 12th. I may be biased, but I'm telling you this event is a can't miss. Join us to build the foundation of your next game-changing deal with CEOs and decision makers from leading companies in the industry. We're talking about the next wave of businesses, strategies from the most profitable businesses, and exactly what investors are looking for in a challenging market. Go to bzcannabis.com to meet your next investor, co-founder, and new friends. A little pro tip from me, right now tickets are $1,000 cheaper than prices at the door. Get yours now. Oh my God, I wish they went live five seconds earlier. What's up, everybody? Javier Jasse, Argentinian action figure, Elliot Lane, his friendly co-host, here hanging out with you. Episode two of the week of Cannabis Insider. Before we get started... I'm going to say we have an awesome announcement. Javier, you don't get to talk until I say that announcement. Uh, but with that said, Malia, get us started. Oh, okay. So, Javi, thank you for honoring that. I appreciate you. I just want to say, we work here at Benzinga with some of the coolest people in the industry. And that was officially uh, put in writing by not us today, but one of our friends and partners and uh, some would say competitors, but there are no competitors, just uh, people you work with in this in this industry. Uh, but Global Cannabis Times named three people from Benzinga in the top 100 most influential people in the cannabis space. Jason Rasnick, Maureen Meehan, and Javier Haas. Well done, my friend. Absolutely deserved. You are a pillar of journalism, of cannabis journalism. And I I do mean that. That's not my normal joking self. Uh, You are a pillar of cannabis journalism, my friend. And the space would not be the same without you. So well done, Javier. I appreciate it. I want to shout out some of the colleagues of ours who are in there as well in in that list. Vlad Bautista, for instance, from Happy Monkey. Doug Gordon from Canix Jamaica. Tim Blake Mm -hmm. from the Emerald Cup. Uh, Rosie Matteo. We have Ricardo Baca, uh, Madison Fiore, uh, Emily Paxia, Lisa Wesser, Zoe Wilder, Alice Moon. All the coolest people. Ellen Holland from from High Times. Amanda Siebert, Stephen Murphy. Just yeah, like and awesome. they're still they're still Yakowitz. releasing the list. So um, not to plug them, but <laughs> I'll plug them. Go check out their list as they release it, I believe, tomorrow and the rest of next week. But those people are people you should follow. Javi's a person you should follow and read all of his news. I'm in the com slash cannabis. And Elliot Lane 10 as well. You know, you know who is in there as well? Our good friend Dan Humiston. He runs Podcast mm. X, which is a platform Love that, guy. Uh, that we use to put out all of our podcasts and to Spotify, Apple, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I mean, Podcast X, another great. I, I was pretty upset that they 
chose to put Joe Rogan in over me. <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever. That one is the one I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean, I to no be fair, he probably had more downloads on his one podcast than we've ever dreamed of. Um, but that being said, I'm you know, I'll just be bitter silently. Um, which I already blew that. Anyways, Javier, we always have really cool guests on our show, which we can say we're somewhat influential. You for sure are influential, uh, but we bring so many cool people on this show, and I think that's the coolest thing about what we do. We have an awesome oh, guest yeah. today, the president of Leaf Trade. After a major bit of news over the last week, um, we're going to chat with him about that. That's Michael Piermont. But first, we always start with the wonderful, complex paragon of a brain. Uh, of Javier, what's going on in the world today, man? Um, some news out of Germany where the health minister said that the adult use cannabis legalization bill will be released after Easter, just confirming um, mm-hmm. Minister Karl Lauterbach said the country's long-awaited marijuana legalization bill is set to uh, be released immediately after Easter. Um, very, very interesting. We are really looking toward Germany as a, a market that could unravel very fast and, and, and really become the largest in Europe. However, in our last show, Mark Gordonstein from Kronos Group said, the most interesting market outside of the US right now is still Israel. Uh, drop your thoughts in the comments. Are you more excited about Germany or do you think Israel? He did say medically though. Yes. Yeah, he did. I mean, but, but granted, that doesn't necessarily have to differentiate the the competition between the two markets. Um, you know, Israel is a very, very stalwart market when it comes to R&D. Germany, obviously, it's a large, large portion of the consumer pace in Europe uh, and a very influential one. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I think you can make cases for each um, in that sense. But I, I just I don't feel like a recreational German market is going to be beaten by a medical Israel one. No. Oh, no. 80 million people. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a very liberal country in, in many senses, right? Very progressive, very forward thinking. And, and of course, I'm sure they will embrace cannabis. I think uh, so. Pretty I fast. think so. I think the main uh, blockade there is the EU and, and just their review of it from our understanding. Mm-hmm. That's it. Keep going. Well, a few other news items here. What, what do you have? Or do you want me to keep going? Uh, you do the next one and then I'll jump in. So a Benzinga exclusive engine sciences, which is an AI powered recruitment software. Dang, that was what I was going to say. Space, <laughs> secured a 2.5 million seat funding round led by investment firm Gotham Green Partners. I love this. Have you noticed there's been some little leaks of capital markets moves this week mm-hmm. that have been somewhat intriguingly encouraging? Being this, you know, we don't see many raises right now. So Engine, Sloan Barber over there, well done. But then earlier this week, iSpire, IPOs. I'm sorry, they what? They, they, they. I don't even know what those words, those letters mean anymore. Like, I mean, we haven't heard initial that. pot offering. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be uh, at the event, by the way. I just heard from their chief innovation officer today. Uh, so if you want to meet nice. the most recently IPO'd company, um, I do. They will be actually, I yeah, they, they'll be there. So I'm pumped about Draw the that. Plug. This is a moment. This is a moment. BZCannabis.com. Yeah, or What's go to the QR code. QR code in the corner. Tickets for the event next week. That actually has a discount code associated with it. So it's the best thing you can do is get tickets through there. 
if you have not already done it, no, if you've already bought tickets, we're not going to apply the discount code retroactively. Um, yeah. On the other <laughs> hand, the prices did go up, right? As, as time went by, if you secure your tickets early, you get the early bird prices. Now we're talking about the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference taking place at the Fountain Blue Hotel, Miami Beach. Mm. In Miami Beach, of course, April 11th and 12th. We also have a psychedelics conference on the 13th. And on the 12th, we have a very fun after party planned for you, along with a bunch of other events that will be happening around our conference. But the after party I'm very excited about because we just announced one of our performers is Lexi Pantera. If you don't know Lexi, go research her after the show. She's got about 5 million followers on, 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 on social media. She does amazing music, well-known dancer. Uh, get ready for a fun it's show. It's just going to be a good time. You know, that, that's the thing about events, y'all. The networking happens at the receptions and the after party. The education and the business happens during the day, right? Um, which business and networking probably go hand in hand. So maybe I just, you know, whatever. <laughs> but what I'm, I'm going to say is two days straight, of making connections and making business. All right. You wanted to throw me one more hobby, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I'll I'll keep going with the news. I'll I'll make them quick. One of them is uh, Mantis Ad Network, which is the largest uh, ad network out there and for for the cannabis industry uh, has announced a partnership with El Planteo, our, you know, sister company in Latin America, most red cannabis news outlet in Spanish. Uh, kind of echoing what Benzinga does in English, which, of course, Benzinga Cannabis, if you don't know, is the most read cannabis news source in the world. But now we're, you know, really seeking to expand, like with this partnership, El Planteo and Mantis are, are partnering up together to uh, really reach Latino audiences through advertising uh, of cannabis products. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have many other developments around Mantis. And if you're not using Mantis, Highly recommended. This is like the reason why we partnered with them is because we tried the platform for a month and we get we got 10 times the ad revenue that we were getting from Google, which is insane. We didn't have to do anything. That's killer. So I love that's that. killer. You gotta love some free money. Yeah. <laughs> you know All right. I, I I do have one um that I, I do want to say. I want your opinion on this because I don't know if I'm thinking about this incorrectly. It's Nova Cannabis. They launched something called Fire Sale Cannabis essentially combating the waste um uh the waste issue of the cannabis space but they're out that and this is from their pr this wording they're essentially applying outrageous discounts on Mm -hmm. product now to me when i think about one of the main issues in this industry it's pricing right so how does this help anybody right now it helps consumers it helps consume. Well, okay, but okay. We're so we're just talking to to, to, to growing businesses here. <laughs> I know it helps consumers, but I'm talking about yeah. like, is this a good business move? I mean, it seems like a good business move for Nova. Definitely, all of its competitors will say, "Dude, you're dumping the market," which is also true. Price dumping exists. It's nothing new. It's it's been part of economic theories for a very long time. However, what they're saying is very fair. Is it like, okay, America is producing a bunch of cannabis that we're not selling and that we're, we're having to destroy. Why not sell it for cheap? Let people access, a, you know, affordable cannabis. Let's us not destroy inventory, even if we can get a little bit of money out of it. Uh, I don't know. I like it. Honestly, I like it. And, and, and isn't America like the country 
uh, fire sales. Like, have you ever been to Ross stores? Have you ever been to Marshalls? Well, and like, I think you, this you is where like the education a, part like comes in. Five bucks. Yeah, this is where the education part comes in because the premium uh, cannabis definition out there that differentiates itself from the discounted cannabis is not it, it, it's not clear enough. Right. Because like people, you know, I would say many people would argue that you, you know, the winners will be quality product people. But right now, it, the consumers will buy cheap. I mean, I think there's there's a market for everyone. Right. Uh, some people buy at H&M. Some people buy at Louis Vuitton. Right. Uh, some people buy at Burberry's and some people buy at Marshall's. Right. So so there's always a market for different for different qualities, for different price points. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think it's interesting. I, I, I think it's an interesting business move for sure. Um, I just, I, it, yeah, yeah. I, I get that what they're doing is perfectly fine and legal and they can do it. I just, to me it, with, I don't know. I, I, I can't like it, just jump it on collides a that. little bit. Yeah. It collides a little bit with the American ethos, right? Like all the big supermarkets throw away a lot of their food that is very like in, in, in great condition because it's not perfect, Most right? Damn Americans dumster diving, right? That's what Javi's saying right now. When we're we're when we're dump, dumpster diving for weed, that is <laughs> that is all I'm gonna say. I all would right. rather have them sell it in a regulated environment than burn it or throw it away. Uh, all right, that's I I hear you there. I just don't know if we are there yet, is what you I would what? say. I think our, our guest is perfectly. I, oh my God, he's so perfect for this. And he does not, I don't even know if he wants to talk about this. So we'll give him the option. But uh, shall we Close move on me. to him? Let's do it. Let's yeah, bring let's him over. It. Michael Piermont, president of Leaf Trade. Oh. Welcome in, Michael. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? Ah. We are good, my friend. We are good. Now, we are going to dive into your massive news, but do you want to break a little little haggle here between Javi and I? I mean, do you have any thoughts on what we were just talking about with the the fire sale cannabis business model? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be about Nova, right? Just generally, like the concept of taking True. off these, uh, this excess cannabis and, and like selling it at a discount. Yeah, what's uh, what's interesting is whether you're trying to, keep your price point high or you're kind of more of a value player, right? For the, the everyday cannabis user who might consume more and just, you know, has to get the middle of the road. We see the brands and the companies that are staying at a price point, you know, that fits their brand for longer periods of time actually sell more. The, the folks who are going up and down and they're trying this week's sale and that week's sale, people have a, tough time understanding is this are you trying to discount everything because it's bad or is this how the brand should be and so you know that's it in a nutshell is you shouldn't sell $200 shoes for 500 but you know who's buying $500 shoes right so that's the balance Hmm. you have to play that well said well said um at least I think it's well said. Javi may disagree. <laughs> um, all right. So, Michael, I thank like you it. for... It's a totally fair point. Honestly, it, like, I, yeah. I think that is a good point uh, because it confuses consumers, right? Like, yep. is this cannabis worth 
$500 or were you just pricing it at 500 to then do the discount, right? We have that in supermarkets down here in Argentina where they will go 25% discount today using your credit card, your visa card from this bank. But then mm -hmm. what they do is jack up the prices on that specific day, literally yep. change all the prices. And you go like, oh, such a great discount. It's like once you realize, you feel played. And next yep. time you just go to a more expensive supermarket, it doesn't matter because I know at least they're being honest. Yeah, I mean, you... It's all about how they present you the experience, right? You go in there, we've all shopped at, you know, higher end stores like Whole Foods, and we've also gone into lower end stores. You probably wouldn't buy, you know, Pepsi or Diet Coke at a Whole Foods, right? But that's just because that's the experience you, you expect and the brands have to, you know, participate in that too. Give me a Mary Jane soda. Right. We got options now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, Michael. So tell us a little bit about you. What's your background in cannabis, my friend? Yeah. So uh, I've been at Leaf Trade for about five years. So um, I um, see kind of the inside outside of a lot of these uh, cultivation facilities. And then on the retail side, how people are ordering, how people are moving products from themselves. And the reality is, in this world and in the market we live in, consolidation is big and vertical integration is big. So what's been really interesting is these large companies are really made up of a bunch of small companies that they've acquired or regionally grown. And what we've seen, some really good progress is people starting to push their uh, ecosystems together. They used to have groups that would just do retail buying from outside parties, then do retail buying for their own. Then they would have people who are selling products. They would, you know, and everything became really expensive to run because you had to have all of these teams when essentially you're only doing two kinds of buying. You're either taking your own inventory, which can be automated, or you're buying from other people, which, you know, part of that can be automated. So we've, we've watched it from the sell side. Um, we've seen, you know, what, what markets have done well you know, what a good um, wholesale or retail partnership looks like sustainable. And then we've also, you know, fortunately um, not been too deep, but watched some markets that have, you know, the bottom has fallen out from it, you know, kind of like what we were talking about before. So, you know, the answers are there and it's no question that it's through innovation, tech, automation, right? We don't in cannabis have the margin to have these expensive processes. So out of necessity, we have to make sure that we can move product N10 efficiently. And probably the most important thing is you have to make sure you have the right product in the store at the right time. You wanna get into the news, Elliot? I, I think you're, you're dying to talk about the Swede Leaf Trade merger. We are. So, <laughs> We are really, really, really excited. Um, we merged with uh, Swede and Swede takes a very, very similar approach um, as Leaf Trade does. Um, so it was one of those, we started talking to him about a partnership, um, about an integration because one of our largest clients, uh, Verano is moving to them. And so we thought, okay, here's our opportunity to connect wholesale to retail. All of the inventory that's that it um, that is in Leaf Trade will end up in, you know, or at Verano's uh, stores. So how can we make that easier? 
right? And automate it and also automate the signals back, what products I'm out of, all of that. And so as we started talking, we realized every single vertically integrated company out there has the same problem and the same inefficiency. And then we started looking into Swede and realized, wow, they're not just a POS. They also have um, a, a headless e-com. So they can put their, their e-com buying experience on their website, on an iPad, in-store, out-of-store. So that would be like your Dutchie Jane competition. And they also have their own loyalty platform. So it was an all-in-one, really geared towards the enterprise client. And that's, that's always been Leaf Trade's North Star. We've always um, catered to the larger clients. And so the pieces fit. And we started looking at, you know, what our biggest clients were going to need, maybe not yesterday, but next month, next year, going into, you know, what we think is kind of version three of, of new cannabis. And we started talking to our customers, you know, what's going on in your retail side. And we really noticed that everything was fragmented. Even if you enjoyed your stack, you relied on three companies to work at the exact same time correctly. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys know how things work. The more people you need to make things work correctly, the less chance you have of it actually working. Um, and so, mm -hmm. you know, we started really gathering support from, from our large um, enterprise and MSO customers on here's what we're working on and started bringing Swede in there and, and even got, um, you know, some thumbs up. Um, and so we've been, you know, quietly working on this deal for about six months um, and we're, you know, tough climate, but able to close it with um, a little bit of fundraising um, on top of it, which is, which is really cool. So a bit of a follow-up question. I think this could go a number of different ways, but a big through line for our conference next week. And just, I feel like the industry in general this year is streamlining operations. It's streamlining everything. It's making things more <laughs> just intelligently done um, where you're not just aftermarket share after market share and you'll grow and expand and do any and pay anything you can uh, to get that market share. So we're, we're correcting, you know, there's the year of corrections a little bit. And it sounds like you are creating a tool for plant touching companies to be able to do that. And obviously retailer, those with retail operations as well. Yeah. Um, but it also seems from your end that a merger like this with Swede could help streamline the opportunity to grow your market share. Uh, maybe Swede can introduce you to others and you could bring Swede, the POS platform, and obviously increase the overall bottom line of your company uh, in a pretty easy and swift manner. I don't know uh, if that's even a part of this conversation, but I figured I'd ask. No, it, it absolutely is. And in certain markets, um, the seller might have more leverage, you know, in, in lower supply, earlier medical markets, right? And so that's where you see a lot of the MSOs get there early, kind of plant their flag, get early stores. Leaf trade becomes kind of the core piece of that in these early markets. But if you look at, you know, larger legacy markets um, like California and Michigan, Colorado, that leaf trade is, you know, until a few months ago, kind of largely stayed out of. Suite has a really good presence there, right? And so to your point, we can go the other way and you can now start pulling your inventory from Leaf Trade, where Suite is the bigger, more important piece there. 
and go the other way. So it's, it's really, really flexible. It's what the clients want. They want one or two systems, not five or six. They also, you know, if you, we take a step back and you hear about layoffs and people changing um, kind of the scale of their organizations. We just don't have the manpower in cannabis to have, you know, people run 20 systems, right? We don't, you, you just can't have experts in all these systems. And I think a lot of these products are good, um, but they were started very regionally and very fragmented in a market or two. And, you know, building yeah. tech on top of tech is, is a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. And so the thing that Leaf Trade and Swede really focus on is the inventory. For Leaf Trade, it's all about getting the inventory on the platform, whether it's through one of our integrations or other ways, but not just the inventory. It's all the information behind the inventory. It's the lab results. It's the harvest dates. It's the rules after. It's all the, all the things to move the inventory through the process, right? And Swede for us was just like, okay, we keep going, right? Because then there became this gap where, okay, now once the retailer received it, everyone was on their own. Um, and then of course, you know, we think that understanding when your product is selling, where it's selling, who's buying it, having that connected all the way back to Leaf Trade gives the stores and the consumer the, the best experience, the right product or the right amount of product will be in the store. And to put a bow on it, hopefully it costs less money for the, you know, large companies or the vertically integrated yeah. companies to get that product on the shelf, right? A, we don't have margin, but B, you know, then the, the cost will be in line with the price uh, decline. You know, there's something that, that, really kind of piqued my interest of what you said, right? Because you work with the largest MSOs. And, and when I was looking, you know, at, at your stats, you, you are in, you're active in 25 markets. And I would, I would have assumed this would, your focus would be on the more mature, bigger legacy markets, right? And, and that kind of surprised me, right? That combination of big companies, but smaller markets. Uh, can you elaborate on that? And then I'll, 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 like, I'll double down on, on, on the markets thing, but, but yeah. I would like to understand the why and, and how of, of this. Yeah, so 50% of it is we're really, really smart. We have good strategy and 50% right place, right time, right? So I'll always acknowledge that. We started in Illinois, right? So day one, start in Illinois. Those were the companies around us, early Verano, early GTI, early Ascent. It was called Grassroots then. Um, you know, these were just our first few customers. They started winning licenses in Ohio and Maryland and Pennsylvania. And we started looking around and saying, wow, really quickly, these folks are, they have a plan to, to scale and they have, you know, two sides of a business and they're kind of understanding how to light up markets. And we just made it decision really early, probably 2018, that we were really going to focus on the highly regulated markets, the new medical markets, because we thought the MSOs were going to focus there and those were going to be the enterprise folks. We wanted to gear our, our business towards that. So we just kept our ears open, listened to our early customers, kind of built it instead of building it around um, Biotrack and Metric and MJ and seed to sales, we said, you know, 
let's let's be the one who can work with them, absorb their data, and plow forward. So it allowed a lot of MSOs to not have big clunky ERP systems. They didn't, you know, and they didn't have to worry about that. It was just making sure that they were compliant and getting the product to market. So for us, it's always just been the less sellers early, the, the more regulated, the faster we can kind of shore up the market and get you know better two-way visibility. Now, mm-hmm. there's only so many small markets and they take a while to grow, right? We've been mm-hmm. in Illinois for five years and you know now it's, so we do and are now starting to go to some of the more legacy markets as our customers are going there. So Arizona and Nevada, you know, there's a nice MSO presence. So we use them to start the market, right? Michigan, we've seen a ton of inbound traffic because people, you know, frankly, aren't necessarily happy or can't afford factoring uh, with our competitor LeafLink, right? So they're looking mm-hmm. for an alternative and that gives us the opportunity. But for us, it is now about getting deeper in the markets that we already own and being really selective on what markets we open um, because they're, you know, and you saw, I thought CureLeaf did a really, really smart thing is some markets aren't profitable for people. Um, and we don't really yeah. think that the leaf trade standalone business worked well out West, right? Um, having said that before, we do feel pretty excited about Swede and then leaf trade can be an add on there. So, I mean, then, then the double down here was like, why are you not in Canada? Why are you not in Colombia or Uruguay or Switzerland or Spain, right? Like some of the, well, let, let, let's keep Spain out of it because it's not legal, but like some of the, the legal markets that are smaller, right? And that definitely fit this definition and could very much use a solution like this one, right? If, yep. you, if you look at Colombia, their main issue, right? That, $800 million invested in, yep. in, in foreign capital in three years and then $5 million in, in yearly sales, right? Like mm. something is messed up there, right? So like what, my question is like, why are you not there? Or do you plan to go there anytime soon? Or is it? Yeah, no, um, we are going there. Um, yes, what order um, to be determined, but we have international plans. And I mean, we're going to be in almost all the markets. It's just the order of operations. Um, and for us, certain markets are more important at different times. And we've only raised $25 million through, and, you know, Swede 3 million before the merger. So with all of this, we're still, we still believe that no matter what, the unit economics of the business need to be able to support the business. You'll never be able to live off investor juice. And if times like this happen, you better, you know, make sure the business is healthy enough to support it. So for us, it's just, you know, what markets lead to the next markets lead to the next markets. Um, but international is, uh, it's coming very quickly. Um, and that's part of, you know, um, kind of getting the sweet thing taken care of and then, you know, continuing on to grow the platform. Fantastic. I, I, I know Javi's very excited about that, uh, our international man of mystery there. Um, so, Michael, we are at time, my friend. I am going to let you go. I don't want to keep you too much past um, the half hour here. But that said, uh, I want to leave us a little bit on a cliffhanger here. You are speaking at our event next week, speaking on streamlining operations and what operators are doing. 
I just want to zoom out a bit, um, you know, to, to the industry at large. What's your take on where we are right now? What, how should people be feeling? Um, you know, it, it seems to be not necessarily doom and gloom and uh, any cliche saying like that, but there is a sense of, of angst out there. So I'm curious um, maybe if there's another catalyst you're looking for, if there's something that you see in the space that makes you hopeful. Uh, I'm just curious if you zoom out and look at it, what do you see? Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes we're all people, right? And sometimes when you're forced to do things, you do them faster, right? Whether that be making cuts, restructuring, pulling out of markets. Um, you look back and you're like, wow, we should have done that sooner. That makes sense. But I've seen tremendous improvement, innovation, growth from big and small companies. And you're seeing, you know, sales hold on. You're seeing new stores launch, new markets launch. You know, we're seeing really good deep medical markets like Ohio and Maryland and PA that, you know, they're the next Illinois, right? And they're turning it. You've got a lot of the same operators. So while it was, you know, probably a little messy to get here and it won't be roses for everyone, a lot of the companies will end up in a better shape. And I think they realize we have to work together more and more. Um, and the consolidation will end up helping people in the industry. So I've just been really surprised and impressed by the speed and just the rapid change that this industry is going through. And it's just like right. on to the next thing. Mm. Amen. Well said, Michael. Really appreciate your insights, you being here. Appreciate and advance your time with us next week. Looking forward to shaking your hand on the beach in Miami. But until then, congratulations on the merger. Very well done to both of your teams. Excited to see what's next. And we will talk to you again next time, my friend. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Michael. Thank I mean, the man knows his stuff. The man knows his stuff. I know. I, I love that comment. As well. Christine, Christine, we look forward to seeing you. We just come say hi to Elliot and I and the Benzinga team. Uh, we want to hear what you're doing. Ex-LeafLink, what is happening right now for this MBA in cannabis? We need more people like you in the industry. I don't yes, know. Well just come said, say hi. Bobby. Well said. I love it. We, we will only be running around with our heads on fire for a little bit. <laughs> Um, that said, Javi, I love you, man. I will let everybody get out of here. This has been a great show. Great interview. Thank you, Christine, for listening. Thanks to everybody else. BZCannabis.com. We are off next week. There will be no episodes of this show next week. We'll pick this back up on April 18th, April 18th. If you are not going to the show, you can watch it. Um, I do believe post event, maybe, maybe one of the stages during the event, uh, just check into Benzinga YouTube and Benzinga cannabis, YouTube and Benzinga events, YouTube. If you're anxious to see if we're streaming anything, uh, lots of YouTube's happening there. Um, that said, Javier, my friend, last words to you, my guy. I love you, man. We are going to Miami. Come join us. It'll be an amazing, fun, interesting, educational, productive time. A uh, great place for networking, for meeting new people, for learning new things. Uh, you'll get to hear from from Twitter, from Uber. I had my prep call with Uber today. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's going to be interesting. Day two, we're going to be speaking with Jesse and Uber. And what they're doing with cannabis is awesome. Their view, the mainstream view of big tech, that big tech has of cannabis is super interesting. 
Come learn. Come join us. That's cool. I can't wait to hear that. So Uber will be a part of two discussions. They're talking about their partnership with Leafly, and then they're talking about that with Javi. I'm pumped with this. So with that said, appreciate you all for listening in. Please share with your friends. Please like and subscribe. It helps us grow. It helps us get these executives out there further and normalize the industry more than we are already trying to do. Um, And please drop your comments in. We we love hearing from you all. With that said, we're done. That's it. We'll see you guys in a week and a half. Peace.